the Bible. Well, greetings all of our family and friends. I'm so glad to be with you on this uh, special day. Uh, I'm gonna give you just a minute to join in and let us know where you're joining from. We're praying the grace and the blessing of the Lord over you, over your family, over your generation. I wanna wish everyone on the line a very blessed Valentine's Day. And we believe Valentine's Day is a day where we celebrate the love of God. The Bible says, God is love and those that know not love and know not God. So we're gonna be talking today a little bit about the power of love and I'm gonna give you just a minute to join in and let me know where you're watching from. I'm praying that God's grace would abound and that as we go to the word of the Lord, that we would uh, just hear his word and be transformed, that ministry would go forth, that God's power would prevail and that he would be glorified in everything that we're doing. So as you're coming in, uh, just let me know again, I don't have, uh, we're not in the studio today, so I'm not gonna be able to see all of your comments I can see uh, your Facebook comments, uh, the YouTube comments. I'm not going to be able to see. I may be able to jump over in a little bit and just greet those coming in. But I want to greet everyone joining us from our, our YouTube platform from our uh, and our Facebook platform. The Lord bless you. I see Sister Lisa. Uh, God bless you. Sister Yolanda, the Lord bless you. Lady of Purpose. I see Sister Bianca. The Lord bless you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you. We're praying that God's grace would about. I'm going to give you just a minute uh, to join in, to get settled. Uh, Pastor Jessica, so good to see you. Again, I want to say everybody a very blessed uh, Valentine's Day, day of love. And we're believing God is going to speak tremendously uh, with this broadcast, that there'll be a grace on today's podcast as never before, because God is love. And those that abide in love abide in God. So I'm going to give you just a minute again, if you can. As I always say, to do the work of the evangelist. What is the work of the evangelist? To share the good news of Jesus. How do you do that? How do you share the gospel of the kingdom? You can hit that share button. You can hit that subscribe button. Uh, you can hit that like button. And you're helping us advance the good news of the kingdom through this media outlet. And we believe God is going to be glorified in everything that we're doing. So I'm going to give you just a minute to get in. Bless you, Sister Sandra. Uh, Sister Rose Bonet, so good to see you, Sister V. Again, uh, I'm not in the studio uh, due to some uh, needs this morning. I wasn't able to make it to our studio there at This Rock International. I'm in my home. We're getting ready for the podcast, but God did say not to miss today's podcast, that he was going to speak directly and that there would be a release. We're going to talk about the power of greater love. And uh, we're also doing a little change on This Rock International service tonight. We've named it Greater Love. You're going to see uh, that flyer in just a moment. But I'm going to give you a minute. Thank you for joining in. Let's just start with a word of prayer. We're going to ask that God's blessing and power would flow and that we would speak. We would hear from the Lord in a great way and that God would be glorified in everything that we share. So, Lord, we come before you. We ask you for your presence and your anointing to work. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Uh, there is something supernatural that God is ready to do in the earth realm. So I lift up these men, I lift up these women, uh, because they are covered by the power of the blood. Thank you that they are kept and that they are surrounded by the grace of your presence. Let greater love abound, let increase, let multiplication of the presence of God, let it flow through this podcast today. I ask you for the anointing of your spirit to move supernaturally. I pray that eyes would be open and ears would be unstopped. 
to hear the word of the Lord. Speak to your people, minister boldly. I pray it now, according to your word, I ask you for a, a, a revelation of your presence and your power, and we pray this now in the name of Jesus. Now I ask you for supernatural signs and wonders to accompany the teaching and preaching of this word, that as we go forward to instruct, to prophesy, that miracles even and wonders follow the, this viewing, even the broadcast, the re-airing. Do it now, and I'll give you glory, and I'll give you honor in Jesus' name we pray. If somebody agrees, say amen. So good to see you, Brother Ryan Belaine. Uh, so good to see all of you watching. The Lord bless you. Uh, I want to encourage you. There is a word in my spirit, and it's not one that God just spoke, though God does speak or leave impressions. This word, God, has been uh, working in me. You know, sometimes God has to work a work in you. There's things that have to happen in your life that move you to a conclusion when you thought you knew something that God wants you to learn. We've been teaching. Good to see you, Sister Crystal. The Lord bless you. Sister Rochelle, so good to see you. There's things you think we understand, and sometimes God wants us to revisit. I want to encourage you, and I'm receiving this. This is a time of rethinking, of conversion, of blotting out, and of refreshing. I want to encourage you. God wants to refresh you. And in order for there to be refreshing, in order for there to be a shift, a change, and in order for some things we've been warring with to be dealt with, and you to receive the refreshing of the Lord, uh, I believe that uh, Acts chapter 3 verse 19 deals with this concept that we're going to need to rethink. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking this word to myself specifically. The Lord said today was uh, not only a day of Valentine, and I did a little bit of study on, on Valentine and I didn't come up with Greek gods, or I didn't come up with uh, with little, you know, uh, babies with bows. Uh, there was a saint who was martyred on on Valentine's Day, and and God was using him tremendously. And he left a letter of love, and he signed it Valentine on on February 14th. And uh, whatever you want to understand the history, this day all around the world, the world, or at least America is celebrating, if not different nations of the world, it's celebrating love. And I want to encourage you, God has been dealing with us, and I'm sure he's been dealing with you about increasing our love. We've got to rethink this thing and perceive differently. The verse I heard, which is not an unwell, un unknown verse, but it is one that we're going to examine a little further. It's found in the book, the Gospel of, of John, chapter 15. This is still our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. But we're, we're, I won't say we're hijacking of the Holy Ghost. want us to speak directly concerning greater love. I want you to type that in the comment section. Bless you, Pastora. Lorraine, so good to see you. Welcome to the podcast, Greater Love. And this is uh, something God has been rumbling in my, in my spirit the last uh, couple of weeks. But especially this week, uh, with all that's taking place, I know all of us are in, in transition. We're seeking to go further. We're seeking to search our hearts and to move into our new season. But here's what the Lord said, uh, 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 the book of John, chapter number 15, verse 13. The Bible says, the word says, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, the word friend there in the Greek is the word philos, uh, philos, friend, wish well, friend, associate, kingdom, associate, one of the bridegroom's friends. Kingdom Associates, I want to encourage you, uh, our job, one of our jobs is 
to increase our love. Now, this is uh, a very uh, almost impossible naturally because we love the way we were loved. See, First uh, John tells us, uh, we're going to go there, that we love him because he first loved us. First John chapter number four tells us uh, about perfecting love. Now, perfecting love means to grow our love to perfect maturity. That's First John chapter four. Uh, uh, yeah, we're going there. First John chapter four. I'm in First John five, but First John chapter four and verse number seventeen tells us herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in a day of judgment. I want to encourage you. I'm going to say this prophetically. We are in a time of judgment, not on people, but on the spirit of Babylon. There is a spirit of Babylon in the earth right now. Bless you, Rochelle. So good to see you. Sister uh, Sister Margaret, again, all of my YouTube family, great shout out to my YouTube family. I can't see those threads. I'm not in the, I'm not in the, in the studio, but I send great love to all of our YouTube family watching. But the Lord said this, we are in a time of judgment. Now, this word judgment is the, is the Greek word uh, where we get the word crisis or crisis. And this word crisis means to separate, to put asunder a test separates that puts asunder that divides so i want to encourage you the god is dividing the goat from the sheep mm -hmm. the wheat from the tear uh the sons of god from the sons of this earth and the righteous are about to rise the remnant are about to increase and crisis is nothing to fear when what man worships begin to shake we call that crisis but we as the church have built our foundation on the lord jesus our, our hope is in the lord we are the wise men who built uh, their future, their home, their family, their children. All of their stake is in the Lord. And if that's not your confession, I'm encouraging you uh, to repent and rethink about that. Because those that put their trust in the Lord will not be put to shame. Those who build upon the Lord, the Bible says that the storms will come, and the tribulation and the water and the rain will beat upon the house violently. But the house that is built upon the rock it will be steadfast because it was built on the wisdom of God, which is like an unsure foundation. The man who built on his own concept, and this is our challenge, and I'm pointing to myself. We love the way we were loved. We love people how we've been loved. So if our revelation of love, no, I won't say if, since our revelation of love is not strong enough, and I'm including myself in this, the next level of the move of God will come from a greater revelation of the love of God. Our love must be made perfect. God is not looking for perfect performance. God is not looking for perfect attendance. God is not looking for perfect attitudes or, or, or perfect behavior. Though these things are important as a fruit of maturation, God is looking for perfect love. He wants our love, and again, that word is agape, the God kind of love. Not just brotherly love, which is important, not just uh, not just a husband and wife love, which is important, not just paternal love, that's important, but there is a certain kind of love that only comes from God, and that love makes the man well. We are in a system and a war, and we are in a battle, and I can share this. Uh, I was with a family member earlier, uh, and uh, he was going to get a haircut, and uh, he was, uh, we were in a hurry trying to get to our meeting, get everything done that we needed this morning. And the, 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 the barber began to tell us about the story of his son and his daughter and the, his battle with identity. 
and his battle with homosexuality, his battle all of his life, he was abused and he was normal to, this is his testimony. And now he's a believer, he's married, and he's still warring with this thing in his heart, and he's gone through situations back and forth. I'm leaving it nameless, but now his children, both of his two children, his son and a daughter, have now made a decision to change their genders. And what he did not overcome, it's now his son and daughter are fighting with, and his wife is a prayer warrior. His wife is a woman of God. His wife uh, is very traditional and loves God, but grew up in the traditional, uh, I would say, Pentecostal kind of church. So there is a clash of worlds, the world of religion and, and godliness, which is right, but also some tradition and religion there and the world of lawlessness, but that needs love. How can that mama save that boy? How can that mama save that girl? It's not going to come from preaching a message. I, I was praying on this. It's not going to come from Bible something. It's not going to come from putting oil on the bed, though I believe in oil. That, and it doesn't mean God can't use oil. It's going to come when the love of God activates the oil. It's going to come when the greater love activates the scripture. I said, Lord, how is this possible that the church knows the right thing? I said, hear me. How is it possible that the church knows and, and, the, and the, the, the person in this condition knows it's wrong, but there's not enough power to get them out? The church knows it's wrong, so the church has been condemning. The church has been has, has been judgmental and criticized. And, and, criticized. and, and in, a, in, a, in a previous season, this drove the man of God away from the church into a backslidden state. Now he's coming back to the Lord, but still dealing with people attacking his children. How is that going to help with people attacking your children if you're trying to stand as a priest and bring everyone to Jesus and the church is attacking you because your child is ain't, ain't living right. It don't make no sense. I said, Lord, help me understand this thing. He said, there is a new level of love I want you to receive, then I want you to begin to distribute. Yes, we've got to live righteous. Yes, we've got to live holy. Yes, we, we, we cannot drop the standard. But if we exalt our standard above our compassion, we're missing the thing. The Pharisee, the Bible says, would strain at a nap. The Pharisee, would, would tie off of the mint leaves. So he would go to the, the mint plant and take one-tenth of at least, he would, he would tie off of a little mint. He wouldn't miss that. But he forgot the greater law, the greater measure, the greater, the greater decision of God, which is mercy and, and love, which is mercy and grace. So here he says, our love must be perfected that we can have boldness in a day of crisis now. You may not realize it. You may not even understand it. We are in the book of Revelation now. What we are watching four years ago and what's starting to happen again in 2024 and beyond is uh, what you see in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, Matthew chapter 24, that there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be famines and pestilence. There will be earthquakes in diverse places. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So you are in the last day. And the only weapon we need and the only weapon that can deal with this is the glory of God. But the glory of God is not fueled with religion. It is fueled with righteousness, which is peaceable, and the love of God. The love of God is the greater weapon. I asked the Lord this some years ago and God reminded me this. How did you never miss? The Bible says Jesus healed them all. Jesus healed 
them all. I said, how did you heal them all? What mystery? Uh, I want to learn that mystery. And I said, is it a mystery on, on miracle working? Is it a mystery on prayer? Is it a mystery on, on, on how to cast the devil out? And the answer I heard, I love to the degree that my love never failed. There was a love in me that was supernatural, that was divine. He said, in this, the love produces boldness, that we may have boldness in a day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I'm not telling you we don't need to live right. I'm not telling you we don't need to let people know the truth of the word of God. But how are we delivering the message? And I'm pointing at me. The Lord is telling me, son, apostle, Nathaniel, son, sir, I got to love more. There's another level of love, and that next glory is not coming by revelation only. It's coming by a revelation of the love. Verse 18 says, there is no fear in love. And you want to know why? I was asking God about this. I said, why don't we love greater? That word greater is more than. It's the, it's tied to the same word in 1 John 4. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And there are two yous in you. There's a me that is of the flesh, and there's a me that is of the spirit. And when I learned to tap into the love of God, I unlocked the power of God. When I learned to tap into fear and worry and doubt, and when I learned to self-preserve, and when I learned to put people at a distance, when I learned to not, to not, to not expose uh, any areas of my heart because I don't want anybody to hurt me, we're living in a, in a fear that is de debilitating and deactivating the love of God. Are you hearing me? Here is what 18 says. There is no fear in love. I'll say that again. There is no fear in love. But mature love casts out fear. The only power that can truly heal and deliver and set free is love. Perfect love casts out fear. If it's not love, it's an exorcism. I heard I heard a minister say this. And then I heard another uh, another respected minister say this, say this next statement. The, the man of God, a man of God who is humble, we know him to be a leader. He don't even give himself a title, which I don't believe in titles. For the sake of titles, I believe that you you title something for function, not to, not for identity. Your identity is not in your title. So you shouldn't be offended if somebody don't call you pastor, apostle. It shouldn't offend you. But you give a title for a function, not an identity. My identity is not my title. But this man of God says this, this deliverance thing that's happening is not of God because it's about flesh. It's about false power, false humility. And this is not the type of thing I was talking to one of the sons about this. This deliverance thing is not from God, not because God doesn't deliver, but the mode of the thing is not pure. It's about flesh. It's about pride. And something's wrong with it. Now, I heard a message, uh, probably most of you heard it online, uh, earlier this year, or last year, last year. And the man of God speaking from South Africa was interviewing. He said there is a difference between exorcism and deliverance. Exorcism is when you exercise a demon by the power of son of man. So the sons of Sceva, according to the book of Acts, they were exorcists. It means their job was to drive demons out. That was their job. They did this for a living. So I understand the concept to say if you don't, if, if, if they don't, now if you try to use the name Jesus and you don't know Jesus, the devil's going to whoop you. But other demons, these exorcists could exercise because demons are subject to sons of men. This is the law. 
but there is a difference between exorcism and deliverance, they said, and I agreed with it. Exorcism is getting a demon out, coughing it up. <laughs> but if you exercise a demon and don't teach them how to live free, don't walk them through deliverance, don't walk them through repentance and conversion, what you've done now is you've just sent out a demon and seven more demons are coming and the state of the man will be more wicked than the first. So the issue now is not that I love the person being delivered so much that I want them free and I want Jesus to bless them. I want to be seen and look like I have powers so I can get more followers. That's what's taking place. It's not the deliverance. It's the motive behind it. Where is the counseling? Where is the, the follow-up? Where is the the deliverance is, is an exorcism that leads to an encounter and a training and an equipping. So this thing, he said, if you send the demon out and you don't seal the house, the spirit's coming back to my house and bringing seven more demons and the state of the man is worse than before. Are you hearing me? There is, there is no fear in love, but mature love casts out fear. Fear is the root of demonic oppression, ailment, sickness, disease, malady, everything in the kingdom of darkness that is fueled. The fruits of the kingdom of darkness are fueled by the root of fear. Disease, malady, lack, poverty, anger, murder, rage, darkness, everything that is in the world that is not of the kingdom of light has a root foundation in fear, in terror. And the only thing that can cast out fear is faith, not love, not, uh, uh, not faith, love. Love is the only power great enough, not faith. Now, faith rooted in love can do it, but faith that is not rooted in love can't get this out. Look at verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. Now, I want you to write this word down. It is the Hebrew. Somebody say no love in no torment in fear. See, where there is torment, there is a root of fear. Any torment, this word is colossis. It means correction. It means punishment. It means penalty. So the penalty Jesus died to take away, the spirit of fear activates. Jesus died on the cross for every believer and every man in the world that will accept him that will call on the name. And make no mistake about it, do not believe the lies, do not believe the heretics, there is a hell. See, they can take this love thing and move the love of God into a heresy, to say there is no hell, and there is no consequences, and, and that we're all going to heaven, so since God is love, I can live however I want. No sir, no ma'am, the Bible is still correct. There is a hell and I'm not going. There is a heaven and I am going. There is a place of eternal judgment, and there's a place of eternal reward. And in order to escape hell, you've got to receive the free gift of Jesus Christ, which is laying down your life and taking up your cross and following the Lord Jesus. That is still the message. That hasn't changed. No matter what the, fa the famous preacher preaches, no matter what the, sleep the slick prophet is telling you, there is a hell, and it does exist. And, and we, we must not, we must live reverently, but that love is the key to reverence, not a terror because you're not accepted. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So torment, any area of torment is founded in fear. And the only way to uproot the torment is to 
release it to another level of love. Not discipline. Now, I'm not telling you not to be disciplined. Get up and pray. Fast. But sometimes you can be like David's mighty men who were so tired and they had fought and fought. And the Bible says they came back and their, their wives and their children were taken from them. And they came back to Ziklag and they wept till they had no more power to weep. And God spoke to David. And David said, you need to get up and go and pursue all, and you're going to recover all. And while they were going, some of the mighty men on the way were so tired, they couldn't make the journey. And the Bible said they were still a part of the army. So what do you do when there's no more power to fight? What do you do when you're so weary? What do you do? You lean upon the love of God. You lean upon the mercy of God. And the mercy you receive is the mercy you can give. I'm trying to get to 19. But perfect love casts out fear because fear has Torment. Fear releases torment. Mental torment. Emotional torment. Physical torment. Financial torment. Uh, 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 family torment. Depression. A spirit of penalty where the enemy is, is, is giving you the wages of destruction, even though Jesus died to pray it all. Bless you, Minister Rubin. So good to see you. He that fears has not yet been matured in their love. So what is the main need of the church right now? Greater love. Not greater preaching. We've got wonderful preaching. Not greater singing. Though we must worship. Worship should be an expression of love. Not just greater service. Though if we love him, we will serve. Those are the outcomes. But the motive has to be the right thing. What is the motive? What is the area? He said, he that fears is not perfected in love. And here is the answer. Here is 19. Look at verse 19. Here's what the Bible says. We love him because he first loved us. I'm going to say, we, it, it didn't start with your love. You see, I can only give love I've received. And if I'm having a shortage of love, which at times I do, at times I don't feel like loving anymore. At times I don't feel like doing the right thing. At times I, I just I just want to do the bare minimum. But God says, you got to love again. You gotta examine your heart again because if you stay in bitterness and you stay in offense, you're not going uh, gonna advance into the kingdom of God. And what you don't deal with, your children will have to deal with. What you don't overcome, your children will have to face. This word love is the word protos, which is the before love. I want to tell you, you were loved before. This love wasn't your first love when you first came out of the womb. You were loved before you were in the womb of your mama. God loved you and you loved him. And that's why you came looking for love. I came looking for love in all the wrong places. I, I wanted love from my mother. She couldn't give it to me the way God was supposed to give it to me. I wanted love from my father. He couldn't give me love the way I, I wanted love from the people around me. And children, the number one need of children is love. They need love. They crave love. They chase love. Now we're grown adults with children of our own. Some of us with grandchildren still looking for love. And don't know it. Missing love. And the spirit of Babylon is different than the spirit of Egypt. The spirit of Babylon wants to enslave you. The spirit of ba I mean, the spirit of Egypt wants to enslave you. But the spirit of Babylon wants to enslave you by changing your identity. And the spirit of Babylon is a spirit that will rechange your name. Your name was your name was Hadassah. Now they want to rename you. They want to rename you. They want to rename you Estar. And we heard this in the song. Esther's arise. We heard this that that they renamed Hadassah after Esther, the god of perversion. 
the God of transgenderism, the God of identity crisis. Is she Esther, Esther, or is she Hadassah? That Daniel, that they want to name his, rename him to Balthazar, and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they want to change their name. And they were Hananiah. They were righteous names. Now the devil wants to rename us. See, this is a spirit of slavery that wants to rename our children. And this thing is going through the airwaves. If you don't believe it, you're watching a generation that is confused about identity because the fathers and mothers have been hidden and we don't know who we are. And because we don't know who we are, how do we tell our children who they are? And so they are growing up without identity. And if we don't call them who they are, then the devil will call them who they are. The media will call them who they are. Groups online dedicated to, 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 to speaking deception over babies, telling them they're one thing or another. And now because of confusion, because of fear, there is a demonic power trying to steal a generation through the spirit of Babylon. But I want you to hear me. The Bible says Babylon, Babylon the great is fallen. And it's going to fall at the name of Jesus. For there will be a people who are willing to love beyond their comfort zone, who are willing to see things in a new way, who are willing to rethink what they think they knew about God and what they knew about the church and what they knew about order and what they do about what they call righteousness. There was a church that is ready to go into new dimensions and see and hear in a new way that we've never heard before. We love him because he first loved us. And the only love I can give is the love I receive. I can't pour out. I'm going to show you this glass. I'm going to take a drink. I can only pour out what's in the vessel. If I've not received this two-thirds, I'm going to make it half now. If I've not received any water in this vessel, I can't pour it out. And I can only give what I receive. In Corinthians, he says, that which I've received, I give. You can only give what you receive. And the reason people are hard, and the reason people are short with people, and the reason people don't love is because they don't love themselves. They've not fully received the love God has for them. The Bible says, here is the command. Here is the command. The Bible says, the scripture tells us the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. The second is likened unto it. Here's what Matthew chapter 22, 36 says. Matthew 22, verse 36. I'm turning there as well. Matthew 22. See, there is a command of God. And the Bible says, on these two hang all the law and all the prophets. I'm going to read this to you. Matthew 22, 36, here's what it says. Master, what is the greatest commandment in all of the law? You want to know what the greatest Bible verse is? Believe, yes. Repent, yes. Get full of the Holy Ghost, yes. Speak in tongues, yes. All these are wonderful. Get water baptized, wonderful. I'm with it, I'm with it. That's fine. That's not what the Bible says. Give your tithe, yes, but that's not what it, go to church, be faithful, yes. That's not the greatest commandment. That's not the chief commandment. You want to know what God says, the greatest of all commandments, where we are all missing it, not just where we're all. We said, well, some are doing it better than others. I agree. 
But if we were doing it the way that Jesus was doing it, we would see what Jesus has done and greater. And that's not on the earth yet. Well, some people are moving in power. I agree. But there, are, there is a power that is needed to do not only a glory, not a high level of anointing, a glory needed for national reform, for citywide change, and it's not yet been revealed in the earth. And what the enemy is planning for 2024 can only be stopped by a people that understand the love of God in a way that none have understood before, therefore unlock the glory for cities, nations, and regions. Verse 37, you shall, verse 37, go to 37 now, 22, 37, you shall love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of thy soul, with all of your mind, and this is the first and greatest commandment. So in order to love God, I've got to receive that love. With all, Mark says, love your, the Lord with all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your heart, and all of your strength. The last to change is your strength. It's, it's loving with all your strength, all of your mind, all your soul. This is the greatest of all commandments. The second is like it unto it. You will love your neighbor as you love yourself. And this is our challenge. We love God. We don't love our neighbors. And the reason we don't love our neighbors is we don't love ourselves. The way I love my neighbor is the way I love myself. And if I don't love my neighbor, then I don't love myself. You're listening. Bless you, Sister Joemma. So good to see you. Sister Barrett, the Lord bless you. The second is likened unto it, or it is similar to it. It resembles it. It is, it is the greatest. Uh, the Bible says, love the Lord, number one, all of your strength, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your heart, every part of you. This thing has got to get in you. You've got to receive it for you. I remember reading, as I'm just about to conclude and pray, I remember reading the Corinthians love chapter. And comparing that love, patient and kind and gentle and loving and think the best and hope the best. I remember reading that love and thinking my love, this about maybe 10, 12 years ago, and thinking my love and that love was so far. Like I was reading this love and I was looking at my love. I said, this is like, I mean, it's, it's God's love is way up here and my love is way down here. How is that humanly possible? He said, son, that's not first how I want you to love others. It is how I want you to love others. First is how I love you. That's how I feel about you. That, that's my letter to you. For, for you, my love is patient. For you, my love is kind. For you, my love is gentle and thinks the best and hopes the best and wants the best, expects good and not evil. For you, that love is gentle and kind and peaceable and entreats and thinks and best of It never fails. That's how I, now, as you receive that, then you can give that to your brother. Then you can give that to your sister. But if you never receive it in your own heart, man of God, you'll never give it to your husband, your wife, your husband, your child, your members at your church. You'll never love that way until we receive it. Verse 40 says, on these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. I'll say it again. On these two commandments, on these two verses, on these two laws, hang all the law and all the prophets. 
everything in the Bible, New Testament, prophetically, and the law, old, everything old and new is still hinged on these. If you've got a door, and if faith is the door, if faith is the key that opens the door, and if the door is Christ that leads you to the glory, what holds the door in position are these two two keys. The hinges hold the door in position. You can have a heavy door, a wood, solid wood oak door that is impenetrable, a metal door. But if there are no hinges on the door, one finger push will knock the door open. And the hinges that give force to the door is loving God, number one. Number two, loving your neighbor, your kingdom neighbor. Now, you should love everybody. This is important. But this scripture doesn't say love everybody that way. It says love your neighbor. And your neighbor is your fellow kingdom associate. It is your kingdom brethren. It is those that are kingdom. It, it's not just somebody you live next to. Now, it doesn't mean you don't love the world. You should. I should. But it says do good and do well to all men, but especially to those of the household of faith, to those who are your kingdom brethren. Those are the ones you've got to pray about how you respond and keep praying and keep praying and keep, and don't give up on it. You keep going back and say, God, what do you want to show me that I'm not seeing? Bless you, Sister Anna. What do you want to show me that I'm not perceiving? Love is the weapon. Love is the greatest. Here is, I'm going to read this again, John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this. That word greater, one more time, is the word it means greater, larger, elder, stronger. The eldest love, the eldest love, the eldest agape that a man can have is to lay down his life for others. That you become a living sacrifice for your generation. You want to know what's going to do in love? You want an understanding a greater revelation? Of where's the glory? Where's the miracle? Where's the power? Where's Whereas, how, is our, how are these kids going to be well? How are, is this generation who is in the crosshairs of demonic powers and princes and spirits of perversion by the spirit of Babylon, how are they going to be saved? They are under attack demonically by principalities and powers to change their identity, to get them afraid of who they are, to live outside of the love of God. And God says the greatest weapon, the greatest power, the greatest authority is love in the church. And that will lead to righteousness. And that will lead to holiness. And that will lead to right service. And that will lead to living right. But you can't put the carriage before the horse. Love's got to come first so it can pull the carriage. You see, the horse pulls the carriage. So you've got to have the horse in position to pull to pull the carriage, to pull the wagon. And the love will bring righteousness. The love will bring order. The love, the love, and the lack of love will do now what it did then. It will repel. It will short circuit. It will bring what we call in the scriptures the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. It will sound like it, and now there will be a generation that are lost, that are broken, that are hurting, that are confused, that are looking for answers, and they'll come to the church and there'll be no answers. It'll be form, but no power. It'll be labor, but no fruit. And God says, I will not have 
have a church that remains so. I'm going to show a generation of leaders this love. I'm going to bring them low so I can bring them high. I'm going to take from them so I can give back to them. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to release them into the valley so I can release them into the mountain. I need to pray with you. If you're listening under the sound of my voice, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to put your hands on my hands with both hands as a point of contact. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, wherever we have been shorted on love, whatever was held back from us as a son or a daughter, as a baby, as a babe in reality, as a young boy, a young girl, as a toddler, as a teenager, as an adolescent, as a young man, a young woman, but also spiritually, whatever was held back from us, spiritually as a baby, as a, as a toddler, as an adolescent, uh, as a teenager, spiritually, God, whatever is withholding our fault, God, we, we ask you, show it to us. Reveal to us a greater measure of love so we can see the world this way. The greatest of all love is that we lay down our life for our generation. And I'm going over our children and over our families and over our marriages and over our households and over our ministries that wherever we need the love of God, let it flow to them now. Let this be a day of power. Let this be a day of freedom. Let this be an hour of divine deliverance in our generation. I ask you now for supernatural love to flow to us and to flow through us in Jesus' mighty name. Now, wherever our hearts are broken, heal it with love. Wherever our souls are fragmented, wherever we're parts of ourselves, we're left in our pain, restore us. Wherever the mind is carnal, give us, renew our mind. We will be whole in spirit, in soul, in body, in family, in ministry, in children. Do it, Lord, and we will give you praise, and we will give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, or even for disruption over this podcast, I pray we delay every demonic interference. You must bow to the name of Jesus, and I pray that greater love. Come on, just now put your hands up like God is about to place something in your head. God, I ask you for a greater revelation of your love. Come on, ask him now. I ask you to show us a part of yourself that we've not seen before, to perceive, to discern, to know the mind of God. Greater love, show us another level of love, a new dimension of your power, a new dimension of your glory. A new dimension of your dominion power. Release it to us. Only you have the power. But our hearts are open. Show us what we don't know. Teach us what has not yet been revealed. And make known to us what has been hidden from before the foundation of the earth. I pray for greater love in us. Greater love. Let it flow. Let it come. And let it be our reality. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And if you agree, somebody say amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.